Okay, everybody, this is another great special episode of Conspiracy 420. I'm Rocker Mike. We have Rob Rossi right here. And this is part two of our interview with Carl DeNaro. How you doing, Carl? How are you? All right. And uh, if you remember the part one episode, Carl DeNaro is a Son of Sam shooter survivor. Um, he was shot on October 23rd, 1976 in North Flushing, that's in Queens. Um, he was with his girlfriend, of girl, mm -hmm. girl he was with at the time. <laughs> Rosemary Keenan. For discussion's sake. For, for discussion's sake, okay. Rosemary Keenan. And uh, Carl was shot in the head and has a metal plate to show for it. And he's had a, a you know, 45 years now of, of dealing with it. Hey, this. you know what? He's the only guy to get shot in the head and still get a shot at the ball. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's let's, right. Let's keep that rumor going. Let's you would have been, been a great advertiser for Jack Daniel. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got shot that in the head, but I got a Jack Daniel. <laughs> that, 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 that is a rumor. He would not go to the hospital until he had a shot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't think of that, but that really would be a good advertisement. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> in Spanish, you got some cojones, man. <laughs> so, just to kind of recap, Carl, where we were last week. Um, you were shot, like I said, October 23rd, 1976, and you had several months of recovery with this. Now, during that time, the shootings were continuing. Okay. And... At that point, and even up until the arrest of, of Berkowitz, um, it was believed it was just you know one shooter possibly, right? And once Berkowitz was was arrested, captured, and arrested, sent upstate, it was always believed there was one shooter. But well, that, that's not entirely true. Though uh, in March, March tenth, seventy seven, right after the Boscarichian shooting. They had uh, the police in the uh, mayor's office had a press conference yeah. saying, "And we have a serial killer." Right. There was, um, there was still. It's kind of like uh, it, it, it. I'm going to say unofficially. Uh, officially, it was a serial one serial killer. Right. But um, if you go back and read the newspaper articles and the news clips, uh, there was those hints of um, other people involved. Now that's based on. Uh, different cars that were seen at uh, uh, different shootings kind of stuff. And, and, and the and sketches, too, right? Sketches, sketches, sketches. So, but right. it was never made like we're definitely looking for multiple. Right. They didn't tell people. the public that. Uh, not really. Yeah. You had to read between the lines. But yeah. it, but it was out there. But the police were were they open to that at that time, or were they really thinking it was just probably one? My, What's, I, I don't know officially, but I can give you my. My uh, my take on it, and my take on it is, they were. I think they were running around, not really know how to handle um, a serial killer. You know, how how do you catch a serial killer? You know, it's a robbery. It's kind of like you know, there's a book. You open it up, and it's like you know, it hasn't happened you know, in New York City that much. Right, there, right. It's only so, been a handful so in the history. He, of New you York. know, even though you know serial yeah. killers were around, uh, certainly not in New York City. And I think, I think that the but uh, the problem of, of solving um, uh, a serial killer was was tough enough for them to even wrap their hands around. Yeah, right. If you start if you start talking about multiple shooters working together, you, you blow the can wide open because 
and you know, I'm not a big uh, fan of profiling, but the FBI was involved, um, and their profile pointed to one person, um, you know, one person, one gun. Uh, serial killers don't work together. I was, yeah. I was just going to say that. Well, we all know that's we that. all know that's not true. Of course. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm, uh, you know, I got to give uh, benefit of the doubt to the police yeah. because, you know, I wasn't I wasn't aware of um, these other um, uh, serial killers that worked worked as a team, and that you know. I, I'm not even going to go into it. I don't remember their names, but but there are there are several cases. Yeah. Well, where there was that just off the top of my head. There was that one uh, Henry Lucas. Henry okay. Lucas. Henry yeah, Lucas and his friend Otis and right. Yeah, they, 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 they made that movie. You know who was the other guy? Um, the guy from Baltimore. It was two guys working together. Remember the sniper, the Baltimore sniper. Oh, right. DC sniper. Yeah, that was that was, that was, that that was, that was later, later, later. But that was much. But you're right. But I'm saying that was like who's doing this? It was one who was an Asian name. And Lake, okay. Uh, you know, they, I think they were in like some uh, uh, national uh, national park out, out west, probably in California. Hit clipping people like sniper, yeah. sniper. Yeah, yeah, I think I heard of that. So, yeah. so there, there, there is, there, you know, serial killers do work in teams uh, on occasion, um, but I think, like I said, I, I think it was hard enough wrapping their hands around a serial killer, yeah. you know, opening up the can of worms of, you know multiple guns or one gun being passed around to three or four or five mm. people right. uh, it was just like they couldn't wrap their hands around it and I think even more importantly they couldn't sell to the public the public would say you know you know that's crazy it's that crazy. doesn't make sense yeah it makes sense so or it could create more fear yeah well that too you know, yeah they were trying that's to get they were trying to get that reduced you know but by August 10th of 77 Berkowitz would get arrested that's the date. August 10th. August 10th. And, um, you know, I mean, for, for the police, it was, that's it. It's over. Okay. Uh, they didn't want to hear anything else really after that. Um, he matched none of the, none of the sketches really, oh, except yeah. like one. None of them. Okay. The first one. The first one, right. And, um, you know, he ended up being sentenced, went upstate, Attica first, moved around a couple of times, and your life went on. Okay, and you know, a few years went by, and and but I believe if I remember what you said last week, you started to have inklings that there was more to this. Okay, there was that court case and and right, and other the stuff. Case, yeah. yeah, but it wasn't until you really met Maury Terry by and read well read his book in eighty six eighty seven, right. and then met him a few years later um, that. It, it really started to come together as well there's more to it than this all right and a big part of Maury Terry's the ultimate evil is the whole cult connection okay and I just want to kind of ask you about that you know what your your thoughts of this um, there's the whole thing about the process church mm -hmm. okay uh, how that was involved um, the process church just goes back to the early 60s in England. They opened up chapters here in the United States in the 60s. Uh, Los Angeles, uh, New York, uh, New Orleans, I think, had a chapter. Mm -hmm. sure. um, and, uh, they were actually incorporated in, what? Uh, in Louisiana Lu first. Oh, they were? Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. that's where they went first. They changed the name a few times. Yeah, not to be suspicious, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and Charles Manson had that connection with the Process Church prior to the, the murders that he was involved in. 
Okay. We, yeah. That we know. Well, he admitted, well, I believe he admitted well, we that. Know, we, we know it, the process can deny that um, that Manson was involved. Um, we do know that two process members went to Manson in jail and said, basically, stop talking yeah. about his Shut up. You know, Shut but, up. Yeah. but with, with, with a lot of people either forget or uh, fail to realize the significance is uh, he wrote um, the process, one of the ways they raised money was selling magazines. Yeah, they had their own publication. And yeah. he, 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 he was on the cover of one, one of their magazines and wrote an article. Wow. Uh, I believe it was Life and Death uh, yeah. was the topic. Yes, yes. So, I've seen pictures of it. You know, I, I'm not saying any more than that, how, yeah. how he is connected, but for them to say he had nothing well, to do what, with it. Was that, was that published before the, the, the murders or after? Uh, before his murders, before the murders, wow. so he was already known in those those circles to be on the cover of the magazine. Yeah. Had to be. Yeah, I don't. I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was '68 that his article came out. Yeah. He also hanged out with the Beach Boys. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was around the same. That was around the same time. <laughs> yeah. Time. He was hang, hanging out with Dennis Wilson. And yeah. Stuff that's like amazing. That. Yeah, that, yeah. A guy like that. That. But, with the beach or then turned into my god yeah yeah now you know you, you met Maury Terry who was the you know he had spent 10 years at that point by the late 80s researching 20 years wow well, he, he by, started he started in 76 right so by 76 to 87 he wrote the book you right. met you met him in the early 90s right so he was already doing this for wow. you know 15 20 years right. at this right. point okay um what were you, you know, when you first met him and got into all of this, okay, you're investigating with him and, and, and speaking with him and all that, you know, at what point were you like, he's, he's pretty right here, this, this, this is something, you know? I, I was, um, I was 100% sold, um, actually long before I met him, um, the, the final nail in the coffin, uh, uh, with his story was the uh, 93 um, interviews that he did with uh, Berkowitz in jail. Yes. And when he point blank asked him, did you shoot Carlton Arrow? And he said no. Basically, a woman did. A woman did it. So that, uh, from that point on, I mean, that was that was the last piece of circumstantial evidence that I had, um, starting out with the lawsuit that you talked about earlier in 1980, the book in 87, meeting the ballistics detective in 90, um, all with the same story, um, wow. you know, that uh, the ballistics uh, detective told me a 90-pound weakling or a female. So, uh, uh, you know, when Berkowitz says a female shot me three years after after that, two totally different sources that saying the same thing, that saying the same thing reading the book, and then going back to what Harry Lipsick said in 1980, that other people were involved. Yeah. Um, I was convinced the night I was watching that interview in my living room, right. uh, and I met Maury, it was either a year or a year later, I'm not really sure, it was 94, 95. Um, so by the time I met him, I was already one of his, you know, uh, followers, if I will. Wow. wow. You know, now, not, that's not to say everything Maury Terry says is right. No. You know, and, and if and anyone that has spent more than 10 minutes looking into the Son of Sam uh, should be able to appreciate that because uh, I've been involved in it 45 years and um, some of the simplest questions you might want to ask me, I don't know the answer to. Like why? 
know, why did the shootings happen? I really don't know. After all these years, well, let's 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 kind of. You may not be able to answer, but let's kind of go there for a second. All right, you said you you ask why. All right. Well, the cult that was out there, and I I I believe it existed. Okay, going by book and everything that I've read. Well, I I believe it exists. Yeah, yeah. Um, the children they were called. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now they were in Untermeyer Park, and they were doing these rituals. Now, it's possible that they may have just been high, drunk, doing drugs, whatever, okay, and it was just part of what people were into at the time, just for the hell of it, but there seemed to be more. Um, for instance, why Untermeyer Park? Well, we did a podcast yeah. about Untermeyer Park and the history of it. Yeah. Samuel Untermeyer and, and and the possible occult connections that he had. And David Berkowitz himself, I believe, told Maury Terry, I believe it was Maury Terry, that um uh what's his name? I can't remember now. Untermeyer uh, No, um um Crowley? Crowley? Yeah, Al excuse me, Alistair Crowley who's the biggest occult figure of the last 150 years, okay, right. was a member of the Golden Dawn, which we know he mm -hmm. was, which was a big occult group yeah. in, in New York City and of the world, and the uh, at the turn of the century into 20th century, early 20th century. Uh, but he says that Samuel Untermeyer was also a member of the Golden Dawn. Yeah. So when you go to Untermeyer Park and you look around, um, there's a lot of questions like, why is this here? What is this, this architecture? Okay, why is it that, you know, this, there's an area there where there's two Roman pillars looking out onto the Hudson, very beautiful, yeah. okay? But if you lift up the tiles, which you can't do now, there was an area under there with just a couple of stone benches, almost like an altar. Why would that be there? Right in front of the, the Hudson River, you're looking at, I mean, there's some, there's some, some occult kind of stuff going oh, on in the, in the architecture. Yeah. Just I, in the architecture. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think at this stage of the, certainly with the Son of Sam investigation, yeah. um, we, you know, obviously there's detractors and not everyone agrees on everything. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing that we all can agree on is, uh, Antemayo Park is, uh, is a spooky place. It's a crazy place. <laughs> yeah. And I haven't been there, but um, a lot of people, well, then yeah. you can attest, a lot of people have said when they're walking through, they they just get this like creepy it, feeling. You, you get a feeling, a creepy feeling, and, yeah. there's no, and there's there's not a sound. You don't hear a bird, you don't hear a bug, you don't hear anything. Yeah, it's... And, you know, that's strange. And just, and just uh, I just want to make a note about Untermeyer. Um, again, I, I've never even been there. I've mm -hmm. driven past it a couple times, but um, uh, I my my uh, one of my sister in laws, her husband grew up in um, Yonkers. In Yonkers, and uh, long before, I, I really do forget the timeline, but I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess it was the early '90s. Um, we were talking about this whole Antemaya Park and the cult and everything. Yeah. And again, I'm I'm still kind of a newbie, you know. I mean, I don't have all, I don't have any research under my belt. I just have Maury Terry's book yeah. and uh, maybe even the interviews. I'm I'm not sure when it happened, but the point I wanted to make was this guy grew up in Yonkers and he says 
every because if you were an altar boy, you know, at some point you hung out onto my apart. It, it wasn't just um, it, you know. I mean, I I think I don't know. Coming from Queens, you know, we had you know we, we had Crocher on Park was, was yeah. my park. Um, we did a lot of stuff there. Keg yeah. party Sunday afternoon. Um, you know, cut school. You want know, to smoke a joint? We yeah. you know go to Crocher on Park. Um, my understanding is Untermeyer was like that, and there was it was such a big part that there was, you know, there was like high school Catholic high school girls hanging out over here, yeah. you know, the, the hippies over clicks. here, the, you know, yeah. and and um, as the night progressed, um, they said I found out kind of recently that um, uh, it was also. Uh, the site of uh, many impromptu uh, concerts, you know, <laughs> a bunch of guys would show yeah, up with show their up with equipment the and they jamming. start jamming. Yeah, start jamming. Um, you could do that. So, so I could see that. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, you know, uh, I know some people have this this thing of like you know, twelve people in hoods with a fire in the middle or chanting, and it's like, you know. Um, it, it, and that that was it. And it's like, what? Why would you even think to go there? Well, it really wasn't like that. But the place is so big that, from what I understand, that there's places you can go where you could be totally secluded. Especially back then. Right. Uh, not so much now because right. they're, they're they, fixing they, it they all cleaned and they it cleaned it up. it up. Right. But there's remnants of stuff from that time. Right. Even graffiti left over that you could see. Right. Okay, that's like, whoa, there's yeah. something going so on So it's not as clear-cut, yeah. and I think that's the main point I want to make. Yeah. Onto my Park, it's not as clear-cut as you might well, think it is as far as... I, I think it's possible that you had, you know, like you said, your Catholic girls over here, your hippies over here. I didn't meet a single Catholic girl sometimes. No, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> the whole Catholic school. Oh. Okay, but, but I, like, I like the skirts, you know? But, yeah, I, but, I think uh, Billy Joel did a song about that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could have also had your, you know, your occultists. Without okay? a doubt. Okay, in their little area by the Devil's Gate, the Pump House, the, this, all that stuff, in the, the Croton uh, Aqueduct Trail and all that. Um, but what I was trying to say is, you know, it seems like knowing that history, that there was a reason that they were in that park okay because of the history that they knew Ber Berkowitz knew that Samuel Untermeyer might have been in, in, the, in the occult and connected him with Alistair Crowley now there's no there's no direct connection between the two I've done my research there is some circumstantial kind of stuff yeah but I, so I, I'm, I'm gonna just yeah yeah, yeah I, I'm just gonna just say who knows I, I would yeah. I would say Michael Carr had more to do with with that that Crowley well, my well, Mike, right. wow. now then, Michael Carr, and that, wow. that's true because Michael Carr was uh, he started off in uh, in uh, Scientology, okay, right. and then may have crossed over into the Process Church because there is a connection between. Without between a doubt, the I mean the Process the, uh, was a the Process was a branch of yeah. the Scientologists Scientology. at one point. But it, the Process were people that got kicked out of Scientology. Think about well, that. Well, left because of left. yeah. Well, actually, the, the, the two the two that started yeah. uh, the, the British couple they got yeah. kicked out. Mary and they, yeah, they were they were high level attempts. Yeah, I think they called them, and they basically took the philosophy of Scientology tweaked it a little bit yeah. and came up with the, the, the process the, the process, process church, church yeah. the final judgment. But also that's all go back to the whole like you wanna talk about we are culture, it's like Bohemian World where everybody was there in the hoods and there were all these politicians. Right. 
and they were doing right. kind of crazy shit. Yeah, so exactly. everybody right. had well, dirt on each other. That's, you know? yeah. so that's, that might have been the same thing with the Protestant church. I know what you did. I know what you did. Somebody got to take the rap. Well, yeah, and 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 you know, Berkowitz. It seems all these years has taken the rap because he hasn't. You know, he's dropped hints, but he hasn't really talked. Yeah. Right. So I want to kind of get into the, the big part here, okay, and, and that is in the last part of the conspiracy show that we did, the last interview, you mentioned how you've been in contact with David Berkowitz, and you were making plans to go up there, which you did go up there, okay, um, we'll talk about that in a second, but with your book, okay, which I'm going to show everybody now, you got it, right. okay, it's right here, it's, it's, it's The Son of Sam and Me, the truth about why I wasn't shot by David Berkowitz. And this just came out this year. Carl wrote this great, easy read. Okay. Go on Amazon. And, yep. and even a few photos. Yeah, yeah. a few, <laughs> few pictures you might not have ever seen. But one thing I wanted to get into here is, you know, towards the end of the book, you talk about your correspondence that you've been having with, with David. Right. right. And, you know, okay, like one thing, for instance, in one of the first emails you have here, it said, um, you said, I would love, you're writing to, to David, you said, I would love to sit down and talk and pray with you, man to man, and put this ugly piece of history behind us both. David is all I'm looking for, David, all I'm looking for is closure. I know you didn't shoot me, and you are truly sorry for the pain caused by some bad decisions. I am hoping that both our souls will be cleansed and we can move on. Meeting with you could be a cathartic experience for both of us. Please write me as soon as you're able. Looking forward to hearing from you. Stay well called in Arlo. Now, my question to you is, you met him November 20th. Yes. Was it cathartic? It was, it was definitely cathartic. Wow. Even, it was nerve wracking. Even was, though you, you know in your gut, he didn't shoot you. Yeah. It's, it's still, it, it, it's, uh, I, I, I'm not sure if I can put it into words, sure. but uh, uh, he's, he's, he's still a serial killer. Yeah. So oh, yeah. The, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to get into it now, but just approaching the prison and um, all the emotion, um, and I'm not going to lie to you, I was scared, yeah. scared out of my mind. My knees were shaking. Really. Um, it, it's uh, yeah, and. Um, do you Just, have a few Jack Daniels before you saw him? <laughs> unfortunately, it was it was nine. It was ten o'clock in the morning, and the answer is no. And by the way, I don't drink Jack Daniels anymore. No, in, no. Fact, in fact, the, the smell of it, the smell of it. You've had enough. Yeah, I, yeah. I actually had a couple of years after I was shot. I had um, when I was able to drink. I shouldn't even say a couple of years. It was after I was able to drink. Drinking so it was probably like eight, eight or nine months. Excuse me, eight or nine months after. Uh, being shot, my friend, um, uh, we went out and, and he bought me a shot at Jack Daniels and <laughs> it was the worst shot I've ever had in my life. Now, not to say I don't do shots anymore, because I do, yeah. but I, but Jack Daniels just, yeah. I, You're done with it. I'm done. Well, you do the story. You know, it's kind of like the alcohol, that the, the first alcohol you yeah. got drunk, you oh, got yeah. sick on, you can't you'll never go near it. Yeah. Well, that, that's Jack Daniels That was for Bacardi me. to me. Yeah. You yeah. never drink Bacardi in my life. <laughs> I just smell Bacardi. Bacardi, Bacardi, can, Bacardi can be nasty. Right, right. I don't right. like sweet huh. stuff too much. So, 
even though he didn't shoot me, um, it's still nerve-wracking. Wow. I think if he did shoot me, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure I'd have the nerve to, 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 to go face-to-face with him. Um, it was hard enough, and I'm 100% convinced, and I have been for years and years, that he didn't shoot me. It was still very difficult. So I, I, I would think that if, um, if I thought he shot me, um, I, I, I wouldn't have made that trip up to uh, Shawangark. Wow. Yeah. Now, that what I had just read, he had responded to you with this. Yes. And he said, Dear Carl, I received your letter, which I downloaded from the community kiosk just yesterday. Hearing from you is surreal. I never thought the day would come. Thank you. I wanted to reach out, if this is even the best way to say it, reach out to you and the other victims and their families for the longest. Prison rules prohibit this, but I am, I am not permitted to contact you on my own. Thus, your email is an answer to my prayers. Now, if everybody's not aware, David Berkowitz has his own Christian ministry now. Yeah. So he, he's religious and he's found God and all that. Um, but do you feel he was sincere when you met him? It, it, as far as like wanting to meet you and apologize or kind of sure, I can, explain I can, something. I, I, I can explain that. Um, the, the short answer is yes, okay. um, but I think it, it deserves some uh, some clarification. Um, okay. uh, I went with um, my girlfriend Trish and a good friend of mine, Howie, um, who's also um, a journalist. And um, he also has some connections in Co-op City where Berkowitz grew up. You know, his his grand his grandmother was friends with Berkowitz's um, father. So they had, you know, um, I kind of brought him up there to basically give me some moral support and, and this, especially if I forgot to ask a question how he would be there. But even more importantly, it turned out to be a good thing. Um, you know, with the conversation got, uh, there was a lull in the conversation or a, you know, a log jam. Um, you know, how we kind of interjected with some, you know, remember hanging out at the, the candy store on, you know, on the on the turn or whatever, yeah. I forget the, you know. But um, bringing Berkowitz back to his, his teenage home uh, was, uh, you could see it in his face. It, you know, he, he, his face just lit up. Maybe you know, loosened him up a little bit. It loosened him up yeah. exactly. Uh, so, so that that was really good. Now, as far as him being sincere, um, one thing that all three of us—the first thing we talked about when we got out of the prison was um, his his tells, and uh, he had three three distinct tells that we all picked up on. Tells that he wasn't telling the truth. Well, one was he. He knew the truth. He knew the answer and wasn't going to say it. He really didn't know the answer to the question, um, and I lost my train of thought. That's well, his different path. tells. Right. So, so, but it was very. And when he was out and out lying, that's right. the third Straight tell. Out um, I, sorry about that. That's, that's, okay. a, that's a senior moment. <laughs> I get him um, too. But uh, it, it, it was it was funny, and then we just started. And this is even before we got in the car. This is just when we walked out the wow. front door of the prison on our way to the parking lot and we just started all three of us started like remember when I said this remember when he said this remember the look on his face and we by the time we got to the call we agreed we, we brought up maybe seven or eight different instances where it was clearly 
he was lying. It was clear that he knew the answer, um, but didn't want to tell us. Like, you know, for example, he'd hang his head, he'd, he'd hang his head down, and like, no, yeah. no, no, I can't. And that's that's what he knew the answer. He just wasn't going to tell yeah, me. Yeah, he couldn't get you know? it. And then when he he didn't know the answer, he'd look you right in the eye and say, "I don't know." You know, and I mean, you could tell. Uh, I guess I don't know. You know, naysayers will say, "Well, you know, he's playing you know, like a fiddle," and yeah, maybe so. Um, I've been around myself. <laughs> you know, uh, I think I'm a pretty good judge of character, uh, and uh, and I believe I I. I I, I believe I saw the real David Barkowitz, uh, you know, the current David Barkowitz, and uh, and, and I believe that he uh, he's everything he says he is. He's sorry. Uh, he wishes he could take it back. Um, uh, you know, it, you know, we still have we still have that one that went that one major issue, and that is there's certain things he knows that he won't tell me. He won't tell. Yeah. And. Uh, I'm forever hopeful that uh, ensuing visits, I will get my answers. Um, I can tell you, I can tell you one of his fears, uh, which I thought was really strange because it never even dawned to me. Although I did say in that letter, uh, I want closure. Um, he was once he loosened up. Uh, I met with him for three and a half hours. The wow. conversation, the conversation was all over the place. So when I'm retelling the story, the story's all over the place. But I'm almost, I think I might even be doing it as in as order. it actually happened because it was just all over the place. Right. Um, but w one of the things was um, that really struck me was so we started talking about Mesa Moskowitz and uh, how. And I, I knew about this, that they N were very close N to... Nasa Moskowitz was Stacy Moskowitz's mom. Right, right. But she was, she was the last, the last, uh, the last uh, victim of uh, the Son of Sam shootings. And, uh, you know, Nace is the one that, you know, during the press conferences, you know, would go crazy. He's yeah. an animal. Yeah, and, yeah. She's the lady with the big glasses. Right. <laughs> well, over the years, she, she, she came to, you know, talking to Maury Terry, and she came to realize that Berkowitz... Was, did not shoot her daughter, and um, that would that that last case, uh, that last shooting, is um, is uh, really the the centerpiece of the conspiracy of, uh, theory and the Son of Sam because uh, it's uh, it, it's uh, I think it's physically impossible. I think Maury Terry proved that that was physically impossible for Berkowitz to to. Uh, uh, get a ticket on his car, walk to the car, rip the ticket Make off, it, get in the car, follow the cops away from the shooting scene, and then somehow miraculously get to the shooting scene all within like seven minutes. Um, wow. And this is from eyewitnesses. Yeah. Um, and, and plus the way when the way the gunman ran off is not the way Berkowitz runs. Right. And, and that's as per Tom Uzano, another eyewitness. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So, he, he uh, Berkowitz was talking about meeting with with uh, NASA and um, was this back in the culture? 90s or something? This is back in the nineties, yeah. and um, unfortunately, she had a rough life. As uh, a lot of a lot of people connected to Son of Sam uh, had a really rough life after that. Um, I, I'm not including me in that, um, but. Um, she, you know, all three of her daughters had uh, had died. Uh, 
her husband just passed away and she was struggling financially sure. and um, somebody put in her ear that you should get paid for this you should film it and uh, sell it to the networks for you know for millions of dollars yeah. and Parkwood said no and he said I, he goes I'd love for you to come up and visit me but Did they even allow that in the prison oh yeah and it might allow something like that. Uh, well, uh, you know, it, it, we'll, 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 we'll get we'll, 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 we'll get into that because uh, there's kind of a funny story that okay. there, okay. Uh, or an interesting story anyway. Um, so anyway, she um, she demanded, you know, to get, have it filmed. He said no, and uh, it's, it's one place that the prisoner uh, is it's one aspect where the prisoner actually has has the uh, the hammer. The hammer. Um, the prisoner can choose to meet you or not meet with you, and the prisoner can choose to be filmed or not to be filmed. Yeah. And he just said no. He goes, "It doesn't mean I don't want to talk to you." The reason I'm telling you all this is, it dawned on me about I guess maybe two hours into this uh, discussion with uh, David Berkowitz, is that this is the first time a victim or anyone. Uh, a relative of the son of Sam has met with Berkowitz face to face and he had an opportunity to apologize for the first time in 45 years yes and uh, and believe me that was powerful right um, and, uh, now, more, 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 so, more so for him don't don't get course, me wrong but of course. and Maury Terry of course visited him a couple of times but he was just an investigator right. investigating him. Yeah. he's had he's had yeah. many visitors but uh, and it didn't really and it should have dawned on me uh, what I was preparing, you know, driving up to the prison. Yeah. Um, but it really, it really did, and it really struck me. It was like, wow, I, this is kind of, um, and, um, uh, you know, it's a big moment, in, you know, in the son of Sam. Um, not that anything was accomplished or anything was said, but it's just a big moment in the history. Just, just the fact that 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 um, you know, a victim of. You know, again, he didn't shoot me, but the son of Sam did, yeah. and he was part of the son of Sam. Um, he was there at my shooting, so you know, uh, he's already admitted that, uh, and and it gave him closure. And it, I took that opportunity to tell him that um, I said I'm glad, and I actually wrote a follow-up letter to him a couple of days after our meeting, thanking him for his time. Not that he's got other things yeah. to do, but, <laughs> but I thought it'd be well, nice if I thank him the first time, right? And and I, I said, I said, you know, it's a two-way street. I said, I'm I'm really glad that I was able to provide you with an opportunity to actually apologize in person to somebody that you affected. Right. And um, I said, but it's a two-way street. And I said, you know, I need to, now you have some kind of closure. That, as best I can provide for you, um, but I still don't have closure. And wow. I said, you know, you have to, you know, it's a two-way street. And um, and I said this, on, uh, I think twice during our actual meeting. And, uh, you know, so okay. the, uh, so the the the, the funny, uh, funny, ironic thing. Um, the night before, uh, Friday night, I was sitting there, and I said, yeah, I, I should probably look up. My girlfriend drives. I don't drive, so I have to, she takes care of the GPS. Yeah. But I figured I should be proactive. I should be proactive and at least have an idea where this place is. Right, right. I mean, I, I knew it was close to Middletown, but 
that's really not good when you're driving. Yeah. You know. So I was googling it, and um, and I went to the, uh, the the New York State Prison website, and I see this thing that says your um, victims victims of, of of crimes can't meet with with their they're the assailant. Yeah, that's yeah. It. yeah. And I'm like, oh crap. I said, hey, so we're going to drive all the way up there. As I'm saying this to myself, and we're not going to be allowed in. And my girlfriend's going, like, are you kidding me? We wasted a whole Saturday. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going up there anyway because I'll plead. And I started thinking about it. I said, wait a minute. I know, I know what the deal is, but as far as the legal profession, yeah. he, was, he, was, uh, he, he was never even charged for attempted murder. On, on anyone, um, where he was charged with six murders, and that's what he's in jail for. He's in jail for six murders, and that's it. And not not so attempted, murder. not the people that were no. Wounded. Now I can tell you, I know I know for a fact because I sat wow. next to it, but myself, Judy Placido, and there was somebody else there. I'm not sure who who it was, but it was somebody from Queens, and this is for the grand jury to decide that I have a case. Yeah. And of course, I didn't see anything. Um, I have no idea. It's all private. So we, I'm in a waiting room with Judy Placido, and we just, you know, kind of, I joke around about, you know, she didn't have to get her hair cut. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm sitting there with a shaved head, you know. I said, it's not fair. She still had long, beautiful brown hair, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, she went in and said whatever she said. I went in and said, yeah, I didn't say anything. You know, they ask you, you know, your name, address, yeah. who you are. Uh, and, um, and I guess it was just a formality because that was never, that, that, those charges were never brought up. So, you know, Lubino, Damasi, myself, Judy, you know, uh, uh, it, it actually, you're right, even Violante was, uh, yeah. was not in because, you know, thank God he didn't die. Yeah. But, um, so, the, the, other, the other thing when I'm going through this, oh my God, I'm not going to be allowed in. Um, to the prison was uh, all the letters that you write um, it, uh, it, it, the prison reads them before the prisoner gets them yes. they want to make sure there's no screen. secret codes and you know you're not you know plotting to overthrow the world uh, yeah you know <laughs> so so they read it so you know you send excuse me you mail it you know email it and um, like it would depending Sometimes he gets it the next day. Sometimes it takes two or three days. I guess the, the, the cards are in the mood to read right. fan mail. They don't. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so they knew I was coming. That that was my. They were expecting. That was my thinking. I yeah. said they know I'm coming because the the last letter I sent them was like five days before and yeah. said, you know, look at you know. Um, he I'm told me up. he told me the visiting hours are eight to three, and uh, I said, well, you know, it's it's a two hour drive. I said, you know. Uh, my guess is we'll, you know, we'll get there about 9, 30, 10. And, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing you uh, this Saturday. So I know they knew we were coming. And um, and it, it was a non-issue. Just <laughs> the end of the story is they didn't even question us. I mean, they knew. They, they didn't allude, uh, allude that they knew me. They knew who I was. But uh, it's kind of funny when you said, you know, who you hear. Does it? And I, 
I don't know why I did this, but <laughs> I did like David Park Lindsay, you know, like Hudson yeah. Barris, you know. Yeah. And he's like, guys, someone's here to see Dave. <laughs> By now, he's on a first name basis with like, everybody, probably. Dave? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dave. Let me ask a question. No. Where you met him? What's like behind the glass or where you No, okay, right that's, like, that's a good yeah, question. Because yeah, uh, a few of my friends, that was the I'm first curious. question. Yeah. And um, so we all had this vision of prison. I'm going to, I'll get to your, your point in a second. Yeah. But you know every prison movie you've seen, it's the phone. You know you drive in, drive in, right. and there's, there's like this long mile road. Right. That's, exa that's exactly the way it is. <laughs> yeah, we got off this this little two lane road, and um, this little sign says Shawagam Correctional, and Walk Hill Correctional is right next to it, mm -hmm. and they they built it there on purpose so they can share. Facilities. You know deliveries and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go in, and I swear it's got like a, it's like a mile long road, and it's just green grass, flat as can be. And out in the distance, there's this ominous building with a gun turret. And as you get closer, there's a guard up there with a, you know, I think he had a shotgun. He was, it's pretty high up. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, and. As you pull into the parking lot, he yeah. waves to you. Yeah. It's kind of it's weird. Yeah. And we get out of the car, and there's barbed wire, like the shiniest, sharpest barbed wire I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know what they, I think they call it ribbon, ribbon barbed wire. Yeah. And it, it was just like, like a knife that was like a, you know. Sure. It's like razor edges, told me. Yes. <laughs> right. Not the kind you see at the farms with the little twisted no, metal. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yep. And that went from the ground up ten feet. Right. Ten feet high, yeah. uh, and it stopped right at the corner of the building and started at the other end of the building. Wow. And uh, and we, we walk in and uh, hey, again, it's the, I have to say that the uh, the people who worked there, the correctional officers, were more than very nice. You know, very helpful. Um, telling us to you know go back to your car. Just you're better off leaving you know your wallet in the car as opposed to leaving in a locker because um, you can't go in with anything. Uh, you can only go in with change, dollar bills, and a credit card, and that's for the vending machines. Yeah. No pens, no no keys, no keys, no nothing. no yeah. camera, no phone, no nothing. Um, actually, uh, Trish had a, a, a Fitbit on, and as she's getting her picture taken, the the guard noticed the Fitbit, and he said, "You got to take that off because it you can't." I don't think you can send messages, but you get text messages on it. Can't have that. So, well, yeah. yeah. Um, so the, the the next you know you go through security like like the airport and you know um, metal detector metal detector and then they they wand you uh, it, it was all very very nice though it wasn't you know they didn't treat you like you know a piece of garbage whatever yeah. um, uh, a lot of paperwork you have to fill out you know who you are and why you're there and what's your relationship. Did you have to show ID, obviously? You have to license. show ID, yeah. yeah. And then you get your picture taken. And I, I, we weren't fingerprinted, but a shorter fingerprint, which it was, I said, it's probably easier to get out of this prison than to get in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the next thing was the, the, uh, the trip from the visitor area to where you meet the prisoners. And, uh, and I guess if you've been in prison uh, as a visitor, uh, or, or as an inmate, you probably know this, but I, it was kind of a shock to me. That, you know, you'd walk into a room, the gate would open, you know, like jail bars would slide open, slide you'd get side. in, and then 
they close me. And then it would close, and then the door, the, the gate in front of you would open, and then right. you would walk down the hallway, and then the gate would close, and you'd stand there wait. Once the gate closed, the next gate opened, and there was a series of seven or eight of those. Wow. Now we go into this room. I'm getting to your your actual question. Yeah. And uh, it looks like a cafeteria. Okay. You know, there's table. There's, you know, six foot long tables, vending machines along the wall. And uh, there's some kids running around, uh, and it's like this is. This so there's, is other, there's, there's other visitors with other prisoners. Yes, there. and it, it being it's a Saturday, it's crowded, which is why it took as long as it. It probably took us close to an hour to check in. So he's mixed wow. in with everybody. Yeah. So okay. So I'm standing at the desk, uh, and I'm gonna just go. Obviously, there's guards wherever you go, sure. and. Uh, and said, who are you here to see? And we, I think we had, yeah, we had a piece of paper. We had to give them the, the paper. And it's like, oh, you know, Barkowitz. And I said, and I turned to Trish and I said, I, I don't see him. But it's a long room. I, you know, like, you know, I mean, I never met him before, but I've seen a zillion pictures. But who knows? You know, maybe, Person, maybe he different. changed or whatever. I don't know. So I'm like, I don't see him. And, and she overheard me, the guard, and said, no, he didn't, he didn't come down yet. So, uh, so they they ushered that another guard walked us into a room. Now this room is is packed, and I'm looking at it, there's no tables on, and it's not going to be good because if he's going to tell me anything, he's not going to tell me with another prisoner right next to him. Right. And uh, next thing you know, they walk down, and I thought they were going to bring us to a table and tell somebody to shove over to give us room, and they make a right, and there's another room, another. Uh, like a quarter of the size, yeah. but the same thing, cafeteria style, maybe maybe eight tables. Okay. And uh, they put us in the corner. And were you alone in there? Well, that that's that's what I'm getting at. So there's a guard up on a, you know, up on a, you know, like they have a Penn Station, you know, yeah. with the, the police thing and stuff. Like a platform, platform, like a platform. Yeah. Yeah. you know, and he's got glass around them, but it, it's all open. And there's, you know, there's Parkwood sitting at the, um, oh no, I'm sorry, they, they brought, brought us in, we were just kind of standing there, and um, they were saying, all right, well, you know, you you know, usually, and he looks at the guy, because usually the prisoner sits at this end of the table, so you, and he points at Trish, you sit here, Howie, you sit there, Carl, you sit how, here. How far apart? Um, six foot table, three feet wide, you know, a standard okay. cafeteria yeah, table okay. and at either end. And so I was um, okay. probably as far as I am to uh, to you, and Rob. Close. Yeah, okay. oh, close, yeah. yeah. So uh, he walks in and we, we all kind of, it was like an awkward, it was, yeah. it was very, it was very weird. Handshake um, of the beginning. Hand well, it was handshake, so oh yeah. So <laughs> I'm glad you said it. So. <laughs> I got a funny story at the end of this. <laughs> so yeah, there was a handshake, and uh, um, Howie Howie's Jewish. Um, you know, Berkowitz is Jewish, but now he's born again. So he Howie wanted he wanted to bring yarmulkes, and and he was going to teach me a prayer. And I'm like, I said, why don't we play this by you? Let yeah. Berkowitz call the shots on yeah. this, you know. And um, I thought sure Berkowitz would. Um, because I even said in a letter, and I said that to appease him. I hope everyone realizes that. Um, uh, although I am a, a, a you know a, a spiritual guy, and I do pray. Yeah. Um, I you know I mean if Berkowitz wanted to pray with me, I would. I would yeah. never turn it down. But 
it was just something to appease him. Sure. Believe it or not, he I thought sure he'd want to start this thing off with, with a prayer. Didn't come up? Didn't come up at all. So we shook hands and we kind of gave, you know, not really a hug, but, you know, kind of leaned in. And um, of course, I did that. Um, Trish did this to the eye. She's still still a little like, I'm not sure I want to get that close. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and not not to blame her. Understandable. Yeah, you know, and to be honest with you, I'm not sure. I think Howie, I'm sure Howie shook his hand. I'm sure Howie did the the shoulder thing too. So uh, the funny funny thing is, before I forget, and and this, this actually happened very close to the end, um, I did notice. Um, I did notice uh, Berkowitz like looking around at times, like you know, eyes starting like that. So I'm facing the crowd. He's 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 facing the crowd this way. I'm facing the crowd this way. Howie's got his back to the crowd, and Trish is kind of she would have to like do the return. And uh, so I started looking around, and what I realized what I realized who was doing was people were. Um, uh, we had the room to ourselves in the beginning. I'm, I know I'm jumping all over the place, but uh, so I said, "Oh, we got like special treatment because it's Parkowitz." Yeah. And so we're in a room by ourselves. No, it wasn't special treatment. That room was crowded. They opened up the next room. We happened to be the first people in there. Oh, okay. Because by a, a half Just hour by- later, every table was filled. Wow. And um, what I noticed was people. Prisoners, because you can tell who the prisoners are. Yeah. You know, and it, for the most part, there's female visitors because most of the, the inmates are male. There's no, there's no women in that prison. I don't think. No, no. no. <laughs> so uh, it was quite obvious, and you could see that the prisoners were talking to their loved ones. Like, yeah. You know, that's 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 the famous Parkowitz. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, I pi- I picked up on that. You know, so as I'm doing this, I look over by the guard stand, and there's a big big handwritten sign it was sharpie and it says no kissing in big letters yeah. and then small letters that i couldn't read because i had my my glasses so <laughs> when it turned out it, it it turned out what it said was uh you, you know you can kiss when you first meet and you can kiss when you're leaving but yeah. they, they don't want people making, making out, out. Right? Yeah. so i don't know what possessed me but um i i like to think i'm a funny guy and, what a uh, funny guy. At one point, I turned to Barkley and I said, David, I said, see that sign? No kissing. <laughs> he laughed. He laughed, yeah. He, he, actually, he actually has a, a very good sense of humor, yeah. um, which, I, I don't know, 45 years in jail, I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure how. I, I, don't, I don't think I could survive for 45 years in a, in a jail setting. But, yeah. So uh, I hope I answered your question. Yeah, well, you did. I, I, I know I I know I colored it up a bit, but no, it's no, all true. I'm just saying, you guys meeting and um, you know that that first reaction of you meeting a guy that you know serial killer technically, and what's your first reaction? It's the handshake, and what was after that? You just sit down and start to have a conversation. What went after yeah, that? Pre- yeah, pretty much. I, you know, I and I was a little nervous about it. How, you know how yeah. you. You know, I know. Hey, I, thank you for shooting me. Well, not yeah, shooting me. Whatever. Yeah. How you doing? <laughs> well, he, he actually made it easier because he yeah. started out with a, a um, you know, an apology. Wow. Uh, he probably apologized six times during the three and a half hours. Whenever, he, whenever the opportunity arose, he would just repeat and, and, it's and, like. And, and just as you said, you were the first visitor. He's never obviously had a chance to to apologize right. to anybody yeah. to their face. It, exactly. Okay, so. So that was really big. Going back to what I asked originally, it was cathartic for both of you. 
Um, in a sense. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, you, you might even say, I'm not even sure this is true, but I'll, you know, he might have gotten more at it than I did. Wow. Um, but I yeah. still say, you know, Howie asked me, how do you rate this? And he said a five. And I'm like, no. I said, I actually rated like an eight or a nine. Um, and the only reason it's not a 10 is because, you know, I had a few questions that I was hope, hoping he would answer, and he didn't. Yeah. But other than that, it was everything I hoped for, everything I wanted, especially in the first meeting. Yeah. Um, I got one more question. Do you get your picture with him? Ah, another another interesting side <laughs> note. So apparently at Sullivan County, they had a kiosk with like a backdrop. I think I told you guys yeah. that. And you know, you could pick like different seasons. Uh, that's Sullivan County. At Shawalgunk, they have, um, apparently they have a, like a roving photographer. Um, that's his job. I, I don't know if he's, I, I, I believe it's an outside company. Um, and they have someone there during all visiting hours. But because of COVID, there's no, um, we had to we had to wear a mask the whole time. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, was gonna, I was I was I was going to ask. I forgot that. to add that. that. Was yeah. the other thing. Um, I, was, I was gonna ask that. Which yeah. made that three and a half hours longer than it should have been. But um, yeah. Uh, you know, Did I you mean, get into a conversation about COVID? Like, um, you know, we we I talked about it in some of the letters um, that you know just like you know. I mean, you got to wonder what he knows as of what's oh, going they, on in they, the outside world. They, they pretty much, they, they pretty much know yeah. what what's going on um, as far as you know the shots and you know and people dying from COVID. Well, wow. <coughs> um, we, we didn't really. I think we made a couple of comments saying, like, "You know, what a pain he is with the mask. wearing a mask." Yeah. Um, but it wasn't. It wasn't a big. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> So, you just said how, you know, there were some questions that he couldn't answer or wouldn't answer, okay? Now, in your book, one of the letters that you wrote to him, emails that you wrote to him, uh, one part of it said, uh, you know, I'm hoping you'll be willing to share a few thoughts from the past with me. As I have stated several times, I am just looking for closure. With Rosh Hashanah just behind us, I thought this would be a good time to start this dialogue. Was I a target? Was I targeted to be a victim? Who made that decision? You told Maury on national TV that you didn't shoot me, but you know a woman shot me. Maury had given me both of the following names. Was it a woman named Amy, or was it Wheat Carr? Now, did you ask these questions to him pretty much in, in this way? When you spoke to him, did you say who shot me, David? Yes. Okay. What was his reaction to that? That's when. That's when he. <clears throat> that's when he. That's when he did his. Um, I know the answer, but I'm not telling you. Mm -hmm. It was basically, you know, something along these lines. Like uh, I can't. I can't. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Just can't do it. Yeah. Wow. And you you could see he was pained, and uh, and again. We all, all three of us could be wrong, but all three of us agreed that um, it, 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 when he did that, it was very sincere. Yeah. That was, you know, I mean, anything's possible, but all three of us agreed that he was 100% sincere. That for whatever reason, um, 
school, he knew the answer, but for whatever reason, he wasn't going to tell me not then. Right. You know, now, well, now, now, Wheat Carr was the sister of John and Michael Carr, right. daughter of Sam Carr, and she was the dispatcher yeah. at the Yonkers police station that the, the Brooklyn sergeant had called to see if they knew anything about David Berkowitz based on that ticket. Okay, they knew he was registered up in Yonkers, lived up there, had a car registered there. And she, when she answered that call, said, oh yeah, we know him, and you know, she gave it up right there, that, that you know. Right. Now, you know, getting back to the idea of a fall guy, okay, and Berkowitz really has been all these years, Michael Carr was, was killed, John Carr was killed, okay, and, John Carr was killed violently. Okay, Michael too on the West Side Highway. John Carr was shot um, in North Dakota. Now, we, being the sister, and being some like at that phone call, almost sounding like she knows something. Okay, they never really questioned the police, right? Until until <coughs> they didn't quite. As far as I know, they didn't question her as a suspect. No, well, um, just for information. But um, I well, I, I mean, it certainly came came out to uh, it was public knowledge because the um, the transcript of her conversation as a dispatcher um, with uh, Detective Justice, I believe it was, right. uh, who was calling just to you know calling Yonkers Police as a you know hey can you get in touch with this Parkwoods guy? He, you know we think he you know. They didn't think he was a, a suspect. They thought he was a witness. There's, you know, a guy who lives in Yonkers gets a ticket at two in the morning, uh, you know, three, four blocks away from a shooting. He might know something, and and we, you know, went, you know, I mean, this is all public knowledge now. Um, you know, we went on this, you know, oh yeah, you know, I, I think he's a son of Sam. He did this, that, the yellow thing. Um, so. So the police are certainly aware of her. She also, um, I don't know if she shared in the, in the award money, uh, but she certainly got a citation uh, from wow. the Yonkers Police Department. And again, this is public knowledge. It's in a newspaper. There's a newspaper clipping of, you know, um, I, I don't even know who he is, uh, the chief of police. Uh, giving her an award. Uh, giving her an award, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was in, uh, in the Yonkers paper way back wow. when. And, and she was, um, she was questioned by uh, Queens DA uh, John Santucci. Yes. And when uh, they reopened the case, when they reopened the case a few years later, and she said, um, and this is not an exact quote, but it's close. It's pretty close to, I'd be a liar to uh, say my my, uh, my brothers weren't uh, weren't involved in the occult. Um, wow. Yeah. So. Who knows? I'm, I mean, there's. Uh, I, I've never, I've never accused a weak car of anything, um, except the only thing I've ever accused her of is she knows a lot more than she's telling. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence putting her in a place of knowledge. Let's let's say that. Yeah, right. um, you know, I mean, I don't know everything my my sisters do. But um, yeah, I got. I don't know. I think I would know something. 
you know. I mean, they all live together in the same house. Right. You know, it's a big house. Yeah. But they, they, and, yeah. And and this did, you know, I mean, at this when the shootings happened, you know, one one I'm not even sure where where he lived. I actually, I think. Michael lived in the city. I think he had an apartment in the city. Oh, he wasn't living in Yonkers at that point? I don't think John so. John was, though. I, um, well, he was until he went to the so, service. So he went to North Dakota. But, but uh, this stuff, you know, there's 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 information out there that um, that John was involved in, in this occult stuff in high school. Yeah. Um, oh. So, you know, and they were somewhat close. Uh, I don't know exactly age-wise, but I think they were like a year or two apart. Um, and and we was also married to a Yonkers cop, um, and um, yeah. Now all during this whole time that's going on, and and even though they might not have called it the son of Sam, uh, you know Jim Rothstein talks about um, you know this child trafficking and animal mutilations and what have you going on yeah. in, in 68, 69, 70, 71, 72. Right. Now, this is long before Son of Sam, um, but, uh, you know, I mean, there, there's, 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 uh, there's stories floating around that uh, in as early as like 64, 65, uh, you know, John, John Carl was, was, was involved. He was in high school. Right, right he was in high school. So, um, I, I just find it hard to Maury Terry knew him from home. Well, maybe, he didn't really know him. Something like that. He, he, you know, and, and again, some people think Maury was being evasive and, and out and out lying about his friendship with uh, John Carter. It was it was not a friendship. It, what happened was his freshman year in high school, they were both in the same homeroom. Yeah. And I don't know how... You know, you, what you guys remember from your homeroom. Homeroom home um, was just where you met in the morning. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or half chaotic. the time, you know, yeah. if you if you, <laughs> was, if you were like if you were like me, you you didn't, you didn't even show you up. Yeah. You didn't usually. show up to the third period right, anyway because yeah, right. you you know you were smoking a joint at the diner before yeah. you came to school. Well, buying but, a forty, but uh, <laughs> drinking a forty, but, uh, and then he got kicked out. He got kicked out of school. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, so they were classmates. They were classmates for one year. Now, did Maury know of him? Yeah, he relates a story back in whatever '63, '60. You know mm -hmm. that um, that uh, you know Maury knew he was a he was a bad egg. I, I forget the exact story. He was always considered a little odd. Yeah, uh, and, and, strange. And, yeah, I, I you know Maury actually talks about it um, at, at some point. Uh, some kid that didn't go to school shows up with John Carr and, he, and he's like, oh, what are they up to? And he's like, oh, they're both, you know, they're into the occult, they're into the, you know. So Maury didn't know about it, but again, um, I don't know, you go, you go back to your, your high school, I mean, it's a lot there's, of stupid there's, stuff. I, I probably have, I don't know, there's probably 350 kids in my in my class in high school. <laughs> and um, You know more. I probably didn't know well over 200 of them at all yeah. and then the 150 I did know I did know do you think I remember their names now <laughs> no, <way. laughs> no so you know acquaintances really uh, yes. uh, you know so yeah I, I don't think there's anything to to that story no. but uh, any, any everyone is free to do their own research yeah. <laughs> now let me just uh, you know we're gonna end this soon okay I just want to cap everything off here with with saying with asking you out of this whole visit What's the biggest thing you got out of it that you could say it's made it worthwhile for you? What was the, what was the biggest thing? No, eat the X at it. 
I think what's that? Eat the egg salad. <laughs> oh, by the way, they had no eggs, the egg sandwiches. In <laughs> and before I answer, you were question, looking forward to that. There is, there is one, there is one funny thing. Uh, oh, not funny thing, but an uh, interesting thing. Uh, and both Howie and I, uh, Howie actually brought it up, and I agree with him uh, that. I think Berkowitz was really impressed with the depth of knowledge that, that we had in the whole case. And because uh, uh, a few times, you know, he did one of these, like, because, you know, I, I pressed or I really can't go into it now because uh, he didn't give me enough information to make it newsworthy. But, um, you know, I pressed him on, like, where were you, you know, who was with you, and is it, you know, and I didn't want to lead him. Uh, I you know I figured I'd rather I'd rather get my answers a year later than be accused of leading right. you know For giving him something out of it and yeah. saying is it true that you know like you and Joe Blow were, mm -hmm. were together and he says yes and everyone says well you just let him I I didn't want to do that yeah um, but um I'm sorry I lost lost my no train, it, yeah, it's what's the biggest thing yeah. you got out of it so thing? the big the biggest thing to me for the first go round was uh, opening up the lines of communication and gaining his trust. Yeah. Uh, I got I got a few little small takeaways. Um, uh, I do want to, I do want to tell you this though. Uh, okay. I you know I pressed him quite a few times. At one time I called I said David you're lying to me, uh, which out. which my girlfriend told me later she says she goes I think you were too rough on him I'm like he's a serial killer for God's sakes but anyway uh, you know I said don't tell I said uh, uh, you know when I asked the question was I followed how did you find me um, we're you know, driving around I said David you're lying to me I said you don't drive around that neighborhood that's my neighborhood I said you can go 20 blocks east uh, uh, west and be at Main Street Flushing. Talk to anybody. And there's 300 people you could shoot without without blinking an eye. There's people, four in the morning, there's people walking right, the streets. Right. It's, Main Street Flushing. You know, sure. It's like 42nd Street in, in Queens, right? Mm -hmm. So I said, so don't tell me you were driving around with somebody that you won't tell me who, looking, and you just happened to come upon me. I said, that makes absolutely no sense. And again, he hung his head. Yeah. So that was that you felt he was no. lying about. Yeah. But in in your questioning with that, do you feel that he targeted you specifically, or was it just let's get a couple in a car? He did not give me an answer, so I can't answer can't that answer question. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So you don't have yeah. any idea. On I, I'm I'm no closer. And again, and naysayers are going to say, oh, you know, he's just leading on. Um, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I was there, and um, I have a goal. Um, I have a call. I know. I know what I want to know, and if I can find out more, that's great. But I know, for at least for me, personally, what I need to know um, is what I'm striving for, and um, and I believe, based on the first three and a half hour visit, that he will tell me. Wow. You know, I, I yeah. you know, I'm certainly willing to go up there. Um, yeah. As many times as it takes, but uh, has he gotten back to you since your response from being there? No, unfortunately, because of the oh, holidays, I wanted to get it out to him like that Monday, but um, it was you know Thanksgiving yeah. week, yeah. So I, I eventually did get the letter out Friday, um, but again, he probably didn't even get it till Monday, and now it's Wednesday, so who knows? Maybe tonight, 
Mike. I'll get him a notification that he answered. Okay. All right, cool. Thank you again for coming on. Yeah, Fantastic man. guest. Thank you, brother, man. And, uh, you know, keep keep us up to date what's going on. We'll have you on again yeah, another time if you like. Keep you posted. Yeah. Um, yeah, just give me a plug, plug, plug my book for yeah. Christmas. Oh, yeah, of course. Let's show it one more time. It's, it's a great stocking stuff. Yes, it is. <laughs> Son of Sam. Okay. And it's an easy read, the too. The Truth About yeah. Why I Wasn't Shot by David Berkowitz, by Carl DeNaro, and Brian Whitney. Get it on Amazon yeah. and other places. Or you can is. contact me personally, and I can yeah. I can ship it off to you. Yeah. Uh, What's uh, the best way to reach you, Carl? Yeah. Uh, my, my email address you can use, which is uh, cd x uh the number two us at yahoo.com uh you know i'm i'm it's i'm very easy to find if you google my name there's a million ways <laughs> i think i i think my cell phone number is on the internet so wow you even have a website you hook us i, I do website. i do but um it it's uh i set up a website for the book and um it's up and running, but there's really not much there. And to be honest with you, there's only been there hasn't been a whole lot of hits because of the unofficial, and the official yeah. Yeah. Uh, Facebook Pages, group. Yeah. People yeah. are using that, so um, I haven't really up. I didn't even think of bringing my book to get signed. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you signed my last next time. time yeah. yeah, I know. I, I got it next time. Well, I we're gonna meet soon. Yeah, we're gonna hang out. Yeah, we're gonna get lumped up. Yeah, we're gonna get lumped up real soon. We're gonna get lumped up on a Sunday. Like the old days. <laughs> all right, oh, man. So, so call again. Thank you so much. You. All right, all right. All right. And, and definitely get the book for Christmas. Everybody, for anybody that loves a uh, story, of Sam and me, get it. It's get a great, it. easy read. It's not even it's that affordable, expensive. and you can even call call for your copy. I'll sign it for you. Once yeah? you read the once you read the book, I'll answer any question. But you gotta read. You gotta <laughs> buy you gotta, and you read, read the book. You gotta, you gotta read, read the book. All right, okay, people, so on that note, what do we always say? Don't get drunk, get, get lumped, lumped up. up. <laughs> See you next time. Take care, people. All right.